Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. I like to smoke them like a Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. Your host, Honest Abe here, KMA Talk Radio, with uh, my trusty sidekicks, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGacco. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, Paulie? And where's our other... Are you ever going to say my name right? What? Paul DeGacco? Are you ever going to say my name right? DeGacco. You call me DeCacco every time. (laughs) That's not a mistake. Intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the Southpaw from South Philly himself, Alex Tavella. Good morning. And he said my name right for the first time. You make time. me stutter now every time I say it. I got to think about it. <laughs> he questions I eventually I would just guilt you into saying my name right. So we had a good night last night. We had the Ninjarago release. Holy cow, what a firestorm that thing was. 38 yeah, was minutes. Insane. I, I couldn't believe that. I popped in at one point and I saw that it was sold out. I was like, whoa. 38 minutes. Uh, that that could be the fastest selling release I've ever seen. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like it was like, you know, 100 bundles. I mean, it was... It was like Four, 450, yeah. Yeah, well, it wasn't we, a, There were six count bundles which really helped the cause and kind of made it easier pick up for people, who, you know. Guys have a hard time buying into a 24 count or something they've never had before, you know. But um, still, kudos to the dojo team, Eric and uh, Jordan over there, and uh, Hoya de Nicaragua and Drew Estate. Uh, what a what an extremely uh, successful project, and everybody seems to be very excited to get their uh, cigars and their ninja stars. I'm, I'm waiting to see what the first accidents get posted right. on Facebook with the ninja stars. Yeah, it should be interesting. I'm sure somebody will do something. Uh... It's so cool. I'm picking, I'm picking Paul up for dinner tonight. I'm going to go to his house and bring his kids to Ninja Stars. <laughs> Here you go. It'll just add to my injuries that I've gotten this week. What the hell? Is, who injures themselves in the point you pick up a hot kettle? No, so... Uh, wait, I was, wait, wait. Did so that my, go through? It didn't go all the way through. Oh. You could see, like, a bruise on the other side. But what I'll take it do? off later. But So... My, my sons have been getting Christmas gifts in the mail, and my wife doesn't care about opening them on Christmas. So one of these days when I was having a busy work day, I look outside, and she's putting together, like, a mini trampoline for the boys. So she like, opens that's up for Christmas. Christmas. She opens up Christmas gifts right away. Yeah. So I was like, that's for Christmas. Let's save that for Christmas morning. That's something we could do. And she's like, no, no, no. They got so much stuff coming already. So she put the whole thing together, and she couldn't get the screw. These things, I don't know if you've ever put together a trampoline, but it is a nightmare. Like, these guys that charge 100 bucks or 150 bucks to put them together, it is worth it. So Dude, the screws don't go in. Trampolines right. and barbecue grills. Pay to have somebody put them together. Yeah. Always. Yeah, well, barbecues I always do. Always. I'm afraid to blow up. So, yeah. So, Wes, Wes you're exactly right. So I was trying to screw t- the screw through two of the poles, and it wasn't going in. So I had the this, this screw gun really 
hard and I was holding it too low and the screw, the nail from the screw gun went right into my, into my palm. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. That would have been pretty right exciting. at the point where I would have said to hell with the trampoline. It's done. We're not doing it unless we find somebody to go. I would have torched it. It was 90% yeah, it would have been done. over. It was 90% I would have torched done. it. I, don't I walked bikes. away from it. I don't put bikes together. I don't do barbecue grill. There's just certain things I won't even mess with. <laughs> Anything from Ikea, never happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Call the guy. I ain't building none of that now, Eli says. Right. Yeah, so anyway, that was that was the fun and excitement here. This Let week. me guess. A, you put up a whole bunch light. of lights, too. I did. I, I may have a picture of it. I, I put a lot of lights on the front of my house. You, so, know, yeah. you know Labby, who works with us. Yeah. Does this big ordeal every year. He did a big ordeal. Oh, really? He does it every year. It's like, right. it's like a monstrosity. And he puts yeah. it up, I think, like right before Thanksgiving, even. And I just can't see myself ever putting that much effort for something that's got to come down in 30 days. Does he right. put up, like, does he do like a like a walkthrough type thing? Dude, he... blow ups, two floors. I mean, it's on the roof. Let, I'll, I'll see if I could find the picture. I'll send it to you, Paul. I mean, he really everything. does like an ordeal. Really? I want to see, man. I, I have a buddy that does houses, the same thing. You know, these guys, they spend a week putting lights up, and then like four weeks, they got to take them down. You got to take it all down. I don't even like taking down the tree, let alone an entire house. So so how much so do you not do you... any Christmas lights? My wife. No, Abe doesn't. My wife insists, and she goes out and she hangs a couple icicles from the first floor thing and a wreath around. It keeps it really simple and around all the low bushes around the house, but... I mean, because your neighborhood has a lot. I was there the other day, and they, you have a lot of, like, a lot of your neighbors do a lot of Yeah, stuff. so why do we need ours? It's like every other house. We're the, we're the <laughs> I don't know. I have to, I have the picture, but I want to block out the, the, um, Just the put it license up. plates. I don't want to. What license the plates? license plates? What do you think? Someone's going to stop you? I have the cars you? in the driveway. Get out of here. I, I sent you I've the picture. I what are you post- looking at? I he, he Paul's looking at his own picture. Oh, I was going at my my picture. Oh, let's see what. It, oh, 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 this is Labby's picture I sent you. Oh, Labby's is pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. good. I would say I mean, I'm on par with Labby. That's a lot of work, man. That's a lot of work. I mean, that's not that's not insane. I'll, so I'll if put you're it up watching the show, post up lights or no lights at your house. I want. I, I'm curious. Yes, Should Alex, be. you don't do anything. No, I mean we do inside the house a little bit. Um, well. Marissa, my girlfriend, does inside the house. I don't really deal with that stuff. Um, but right. whatever. You know, as long as it doesn't get in my way and I don't have to, you know, spend eight hours taking something down, I'm okay with it. We don't my wife it. does the Halloween. She does the Easter. She does the Christmas. But, I mean, if that's the deal you have, that that's her thing. That's fine. What do right, you, here uh, we go. I have what, yeah, I was going to say. What are you on? Speed? I'm sorry. It takes... Dial up? No, it takes a while. It's hard to explain what, how this works. But when it when it uploads them, you have to convert them into a different file format. A lot of lights so, up from right, our fans. So convert what? I don't know. I had like six pictures up yesterday, fired up and ready to go. When you? But are you taking them from a text message? Yeah, of course. So, I'll show you. So Vince, Vince, right, here we go. Here's Labby's house. Oh, that's a lot less than normal this year. But still, I mean, oh, it's really? still. Oh normal. yeah. He had a whole second thing and things on the roof last year. Here's here's my house. Yours is not even close to Labby's. 
No, not even close. What are you talking about? It's not even the same stratosphere. Same thing. Get out of here. You got one little reef on the house. What the hell's the matter with you? You see all the lights in the bushes? You don't I even have one bush. bush. You didn't even have to get on a ladder, but except you didn't even have one blow up. Yes, I did. <laughs> I don't uh, believe in blow ups. That's why I don't why? like blow ups. Wait, I think what does this mean? You don't believe? Cheap. They're cheap. I don't like them. I don't like the way they look. I think that I think that they're uh, they don't take any effort. I don't I don't like the way they look. So how does everybody? I mean, how, how does everybody? Yeah, dude, you're not on the same level. Not even close. No, no it's not even close. <laughs> I mean, listen. I'm not doing. Uh, I'm not trying to to compete with anybody. So, so Vince Vince wants to know, and I think it's a, it's a good uh, good question. How do you feel about those now? Uh, the uh, projection lights. I don't like those either, uh, especially that's so that's the lazy man's right. That, that's the, the lazy man's projected on the house. Christmas lights. The yeah. smart man's especially the laser ones. Yeah, Somebody gave me. I have one. Somebody gave it to me years ago, and I, I've never used it. But yeah, those those are the lazy man's. I mean, maybe when I was like ninety, maybe when I'm like in my nineties, and I still want to put Christmas lights up, I'll pop one of those in the ground and let it. I want to put one in my bathroom so I can just turn off the lights when I take a you know long break. Right, right. No, you got to get the you got to get the glow bowl so it lights up the room with the with different colored lights. It lights in up the, the toilet itself. bowl. Yeah. I had one, but it's it died because too many people pissed on it. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not expensive; they're like nineteen bucks, and it lights up the toilet. Yeah, it's great, and, it, and for your son too, Alex. It's great because in the middle of the night, it's motion detected. So when you walk by it, it turns on, and you can have it set to change the toilet bowl different colors and stuff. It's called Glow Bowl. I think it's Kevin Harrington's company. We at my day job, we actually used to advertise it on uh, online. And uh, where you, does it sit? As you can see, the shirt I'm in, wearing today. Oh, yeah. Well, you got a big release coming up. Hold on. Let me zoom in on you. Yes. If I can. I don't know what shirt Alex is wearing. Thanks. There you go. I don't I don't have. When is the actual release? Monday? I like that box, Release too. is Wednesday. Wednesday at noon. Noon. Dude. I, you know what? I still have never had one of the original ones. And really? yeah, and when I went to buy a bundle, they were gone. So I will, I will be online buying a bundle of those. Look at because this. I, I also, I like a box press too. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, is, meat box press. This is a sexy looking cigar. Yeah, it's pretty. It really is. Look at this. I bet it feels. I bet it feels like soft touch, like like almost fuzzy. It does. It's like velvet almost. That's this my kind is, of cigar, man. This is a really sexy, good looking cigar. And that's a good size. It's not too big. Yeah, and I'm gonna go out on a limb. If you think Nicaragua went fast, you better be ready at 12 noon on Wednesday. I think so too. I think so too. I got caught blindsided last time. So, and and I work for Abe. Well. <laughs> You know, I still have some Red Meat Lovers Club in this humidor. Oh, really? All right, I got to try one of the original ones versus the old one. Unbelievable! But that's that's exciting, man. Well, we, I, all we these made, releases are awesome. Well, it's been it's been a it's been a holiday month for sure with all the things that have been dropping this month. So uh, it'll be uh, very cool to see. I mean, this this was originally supposed to drop in November, but with the hurricanes and everything that you know Steve had going on in Nicaragua, it just uh, 
it uh, it got here, and uh, we're going to drop it next week. And also, we're going to be the first event where we're giving away the two to three foot giant soccer squatch. <laughs> two to three foot? Oh, is that well, it was originally uh, called the three foot one, and then after verification process, it ends up only being a uh, two foot soccer schedule. Still yeah. an impressive How- statue. Still an impressive How actually, statue for sure. There was a great picture of Evan Darnell from the Red Meat Lovers Club holding it at the uh, the Boynton location the other day over his head, like he's lifting. Yeah, he thought he was going to come here yesterday and get some uh, Red Meat Lovers Club early. <laughs> he tried. <laughs> nope, didn't happen. We were. Boxing. Oh, good, Craig. You're 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 off Wednesday, so you can uh, you have all day to uh, wait for the event. That's right. <laughs> We were boxing them yesterday, and I tell you, we're going to post a video of it because Alex took a great video. Man, our guy that was boxing it, I don't know if anybody's ever seen that pizza box commercial where the guy's... Yeah, yes, yes. Dude, Flipping it. So that was, he was that boxing was them, like, in, uh, not that fast, but literally, like, it was, was like, I, I said, Alex, did you speed this up? He goes, no. That's how he was boxing them. So. That's awesome. Oh, so you they came flat, so you had to fold each one? We, we made the box on our end. Socket okay. didn't want. didn't want to be bothered with packaging. So <laughs> Sounds about right. We made the boxes on our end, so we got we got the packages in in, in the cellophane bundles, which we then put in the boxes and then sealed up with our micro blend. Were so. they printed already, or are all those stickers that are put on? No, no, no. <laughs> the whole box is printed. It oh, okay. Flat, I was just making sure. We folded it up, and then we we have the seal that we use on all our micro blends. I like that box, though. I I think that's really cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's a cool. That's a cool thing, man. So yeah, it drops on the ninth. So that should be interesting. Yep, Paul had a visitor. He bounced out real quick. I tried to. I tried to jump out. No, so you got, didn't go you on got caught. You got caught. I lost my banner. I broke my banner this morning because of my injured hand. I think I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to put it upright, and it it flew back in my face and snapped into into two pieces. So. uh <laughs> I need a new guy. <laughs> you're not you're not much of the self home improvement guy, are you? Dude, I'm I'm a I'm a tinkerer. You know, I'm not I'm not I don't claim to be a handyman, but I'm right. having a hard time here lately. I don't know, maybe it's being home too much. I am I am admittedly, admittedly not the handyman of the house. Who is? Yeah, Your wife? Brandy. Brandy will put a bike together, Brandy will put a barbecue grill together, Brandy will put an IKEA table together. She's just good at it. She's got the tolerance for it, man. As soon as I get aggravated, I'd be like, screw this. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. See, what, I do what, all what that. Get? Oh, I got wire rack. I got metal rack shelving for the garage I, I put in last week, okay? And you figure, you see these pictures. Oh, it's easy. You get these bars. You, you ever even see the manuals or directions that come with some of this oh, stuff? so confusing. It's, it's, it's in nowhere, anywhere conducive to understanding how to put anything together. It's mind-blowing. And now, like the one I got with the shelving, no words. Just diagrams. <laughs> Pictures. And, and yeah. arrows. Right. And, right. and my eight-year-old do the drawings. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, because I, everything is mass-marketed for the, for the globe, so they well, don't want to put 18 different languages on it. I'm the guy. Ikea is the worst. I'm Ikea is the, the worst. The, the second you tighten a... The second you tighten a screw too hard on an Ikea thing, it goes right through that particle board and it the Absolutely, thing's Absolutely, and it's done. Right. 
every yeah. single time i always there's always a corner on every piece of furniture we have in this house there's always a corner that's cracked that's chipped off crack of course yeah right yeah, right. yeah. every every single piece of furniture in this house has that right. and it sounds good so so do you yeah. have a big tool set yeah yeah i do Me, I, mean, I, do. I have two yeah. toolboxes i mean not a big tool set but i have a you know nice drill and screw gun which pretty much gets just about everything well done. see paul your 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 all your tools will start disappearing in about a year or two. Oh no he wants them now already i'm telling he's, you he's you can have like that 400 piece set in your garage and after the kids get old enough where they realize where it is and how to get to it it becomes a 12 piece set so we have to hang i have i have those ryobi like battery operated power tools like a you know like a blower a hedge trimmer and things like that Cheap and ones. he's obsessed with the 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 leaf blower so we hang it up high so he can't get it but when i take it down to use it he's all over that thing he pot he knows how to put the battery in he'll walk <laughs> around until the battery the lithium battery is dead it takes like an hour or two he stands there in the driveway blowing leaves away he, he's obsessed with it and he always asks for it so we somebody bought him a little kid version but it doesn't blow as hard as the big one so he doesn't <laughs> like it now he's like no no no. i want the real one i want the real right. one daddy he knows daddy's blows hard <laughs> <laughs> oh boy richie wow there's there's a lot of people commenting today that people are active this morning we were up i don't know about you guys but we were up early to get a toy from walmart that is impossible i to saw get. stephanie post what is the matter with you people what toy i've never done that in my this life toy. for anything yeah so you're so old now it's uh, called Coco Melon. It's Coco Melon. It's the YouTube sensation. They have the most hits on any videos. Do you know? And, uh, do you know that you're getting a toy for you, not your kids, right? It's not has nothing. I didn't go, uh, but we bought five of them, so they're for sale. If anybody wants them, Look they're online you. for like 160 <laughs> bucks. No, we're not. We're gonna don't. We're we got some for friends that couldn't get them, and we're gonna donate a couple of them as well. I actually, the Red Meat Lovers Club has a has a nice little toy drive going where kids ask for specific toys. So I'm I'm waiting to see if a kid asks for it and we'll donate it there, but yeah, it was it, my wife was up at six o'clock this morning and drove to Walmart so that she could get him. Your wife was up or you were up, so you didn't partake. I didn't go. No, she if she wanted to go, she wanted to go. So Stephanie happily does the things that she wants to do. Mm -hmm. I've never done the stand in line for hours thing for anything. I would never no, stand in line. No, she didn't stand in line. She didn't stand in line. I, we don't stand in line. We don't I do mean, that just, crap. I mean, you were there at 6 a.m. Like I'm saying, if you didn't have to stand in line, why'd you get up at 6 in the morning? Because they will go. There were only like 22 of them. So she How do you was know like that? one of the three people. Oh, because you, you can't get like them anywhere, dude. Stock notify, 22 left at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, they t it said they had 22 and they were getting 46 more next week. But you can't find these things anywhere. It's impossible. I don't know if it's because of the the supply issues, getting them over from China or, or whatnot, but it has been uh, it has been difficult. So we got it. He's not even going to care. My son doesn't know what it is. Like Every, me, for you, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you both advice since you both have young kids. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Because my wife and I used to get in turmoil every Christmas because, like. She would, she literally would have the kids write this Christmas list, and it would be like this. Each kid got like a, a, a mountain of toys and stuff, which you know I, I never understood. I got I got one envelope from my dad every Christmas. 
until I got old enough where I didn't get any more. That was it. I didn't understand. Really? These, yeah, my dad gave me a hundred dollar bill. That's what I got for Christmas growing up. <laughs> yeah, was, no one's going shopping. So wow, that's weird. It, it's weird. What do we tell you? So, but like, I didn't understand this concept of getting them these like twenty gifts, little gifts, big gifts. It just it just became insane, and we would argue Stopping about gifts. this. I just and then look, it's not even about the gifts. First, I think it sends the wrong message. But two. Um, 80% of it's in the garbage in 10 days, right? So we, we implemented, I can't, I, and I can't remember who gave me this nugget of wisdom to give them credit, but we picked it up. It's really easy. Something they get, they, each kid gets four things every Christmas. Okay. Something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something to read. That's it. Really? Yeah, that's been your rule. Yeah, I know. That's your, uh... I mean, that's a cool rule, but we don't do that. I mean, we, we haven't had really, we really haven't had Christmases. But when I was a kid, I mean, we'd come out in the morning and there'd be a mountain of of presents underneath the tree. There was why? I don't get that. I mean, why? I guess uh, first world problems. You can yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's still listen. I mean, at the same time, you know, something. What is it? Something to read. Some, something they want. Something, something they, want. they need. So they get to pick what they want. We get to pick right. what they need. Right. They get to get something to wear, and we give them right. something to read. Right. So uh, with Abe's tribe, you're still talking about a mountain of 16. <laughs> on okay, listen, trip that's just from us. Yeah. Then they got right, right, cousins right. and, you know, it's, 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 that, so that's it still turns into a mountain. but yeah, it's still a mountain every Christmas. So Paul left us. It's just me and you, bud. Well, yeah. Here, we just, I have to take myself off the stream to show the ads. We like you better that way. Just, <laughs> in fact, if you could put the ad on the top half of your box, it would be cool. <laughs> so you can't see my my beady little eyes peering right. down at you. So who so, we got? We got a very interesting guest, a first timer, a cherry popper. Yep, I love so, when we have uh, a first time guest on KMA Talk Radio. So formerly of uh, well, well, I, we could go back to the beginning. Formerly of Baracoa Cigars, then. They folded that company. Then he went to Roma Craft Tobacco, and then he's back with Baracoa Cigars. Did Danny you let Vasquez. Brian Hayshia bully you into correcting that? The Baracoa? No, because he said he made a comment earlier about not formally or something. I saw his comment scroll up. That's why I was wondering why you changed your intro there. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I honestly did not. But uh, Danny Vasquez is with us. Live from somewhere in the in the woods of Florida. <laughs> yeah, in the woods of Tampa, uh, Florida. Right <laughs> Welcome to the show, Danny. Ah, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's crazy to be. In. I mean, I have never really had any interac interaction with with Abe for the most part. Um, so this is, well, I think we did. Uh, we were on a, a Zoom at the same time, or maybe with that that. Uh, the protocol dojo kind of 24 hour thing. I think we ended up both on there for some reason. There were some people trying to school us on how to sell cigars and market cigars, right? Something. And right. we're like, yeah, it's not necessarily. Accurate, oh, is that but, that okay. infamous night I've heard of where it was just kind of a disaster in there? Oh boy. I think you've mentioned this night. Abe. Well, disaster and protocol cigar room is like <laughs> <Yeah>. 10, <laughs> down to one night. Right. right. One in the, one in the same. <laughs> Very hard to peg it down in one night. Yeah, Danny and I actually never had the really pleasure of uh, meeting or socializing face to face. Most of our interaction has been on social media, but 
now that you're in Florida, that's probably going to change. Yeah. Like, you know, like when we talk about it, I was like, hey, I'm willing to go down there. But obviously, COVID, uh, it's not how it's working right now. But, uh, yeah. but no, for sure. I, and I need to get down south as soon as I can anyway. So. I was going to say, now that he's not working for Skip, you guys will get together. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably could have made the deal work, but she didn't come story. to me. Yeah. Oh. What happened? What so, did you say? I said I could have I could have made the deal happen, but you didn't want to work with me. So, yeah. Just, Who, me? No. I'm fucking with you. Listen, Skip came to my office. Whatever. His, his model's just very selective on who that can work for you know it's going to work for some retailers the way he runs his business and it's just not going to work for others and it just you know our, our linear footage and our shelf space is, is very tight and it's hard to um, you know dedicate space for brands that aren't readily available when you need them you know and no. yeah. just to work out well but to be 100 percent, to be 100 i don't i don't i was never included like i don't even know I've never, there was never a discussion with me about it. So I was just kind of like, <laughs> more bucking balls than anything. I don't really know. <laughs> so Danny, look, for the people that know you and everybody I know that knows you, they love you, right? They, they, um, they, they are very big fans of you. And for the people who don't know you, because I mean, really, yeah. unless you kind of had any dealings with Romacraft or a Romacraft fan, you might, you know, or, or, or a fan of your old company, you know, you might not be alone. Why don't you give us a little history about what you did and how you eventually entered the cigar business? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of the brief overview of, a, of the origin story, uh, if you will, is that I was a guy that was in a star shop for two long two days in a week and just um, with pure ignorance, just assumed, hey, you know, this is something I could do. You know, I, we could open a shop and you know, like this, and, uh, you know, fairly quickly it was like, man, you know, that's a lot more, well, one, you know, opening a shop, there's a lot more uh, capital involved in, in doing that right, the right way anyway. Um, and then, but on a creative side, I was just like, you know, I'm really more interested in uh, how, how to get, how to get a scar. How do I make a scar? Like what's the whole process of that? Right. And, um, and started looking in, into that. And that was about 2014. Um, and it took me until about 2015 until I was, like really comfortable in saying, hey, you know, this is something that I think we can forward on, we do. Um, and then it was in, in 2016 is when I we launched, you know, Baracoa and, and The Voyage um, that year, uh, right before August 8, 2016, um, as I had to, right? And uh, I was also involved in, a, in an organization called Save the Leaf uh, with Ryan Gallimore, that's now with Drew Estate. Um, and that kind of helped get my face out there into a lot of the kind of cigar social media and cigar media. Um, you know, I was on, it was doing an hour two hour long show on cigar dojo before I hadn't even launched my brand. So, you know, I was in the face of a lot of the right, really, you know, really cool people that were willing to kind of help me out there at the beginning. So that was it. You know, I went, I went about a year moving, um, moving product and, and doing events and a full-time job. Um, and it was, it was a great experience. Um, and kind of like I've said before, it's, you know, being part of Save the Leaf and looking at all the FDA stuff and where we had, where, you know, where it was a year later with really no change into it. I felt that, um, you know, how long can I really do this where I can't create any new product? I can't, you know, come out with stuff that stores are asking for, or, 
you know, uh, stores that really supported me at the beginning, you know, of course, everyone loves to have a, a limited edition or store exclusive and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, I can't with the rules that were in place at the time, wasn't going to be allowed to do that. Looking uh, back on that now, do you think you yeah. prematurely shut it down? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, I guess. I mean, because I didn't, I mean, it just seemed to be getting worse. And like, well, you know, well, I, it, didn't I, make it seem like the end of the world was around the corner, but yet here we are, you know, God knows how many years later and right. kind of everybody's been operating outside of some labels and maybe some warnings that came on and off, but, it's right. packing, but kind of everything's kind of in status quo. Do you think right. that looking right. back on it now, do you think maybe you should have stuck, stuck at it or? Um, I think I could have, but I wouldn't change anything. Um, the learning curve that I had from going from my own thing and my, you know, 50, 60 accounts that I had and all the fun and all, you know, all this stuff was great. But from day one at Roma, um, going from 50 to 60 to, Hey, 300, 350 accounts nationwide. Um, and, and just learning, you know, skip is very process oriented. The, the, all of them is very, uh, you know, efficiency oriented there's a lot of things that i learned so no i don't i don't regret i try not to regret anything and um where maybe i could have in hindsight uh, the things that i took away over the last three years and helping you know run that company are invaluable and i'm i'm looking to take those forward now with with me and in the way that i go uh you know wherever this kind of ends up going right so no, I mean, uh, I think what was meant to happen was meant to happen, and and I'm going to take that with me now, and, and it's great. But yeah, I thought it was like, man, I guess nothing really happened, and you still saw people coming out with new cigars, and I know a lot of them were like, hey, we're going to drop 150 SKUs on August 6th, and technically on their own market, you know, there was a lot, a lot of they did, they did. Yeah. Manufacturers were just shipping product just to yeah. say get yeah. out. For, for free, right? Like a lot of them were free. Like yeah, no, well, depends who it was. <laughs> I, well, I I know of a few that you know that were doing a lot for free to one or two stores, right? So it's like, hey, here's they couldn't do it for free. Well, so right, it's not accurate because there has to be a proof of payment. So they may have subsidized it later or something, but they had yeah. to ship because I remember because we got hit up by so many people. You know, I finally said, like, listen, I go find somebody else. I was thinking, like, I, I got a whole room full of stuff that nobody knows about. I can't sell because it's never heard of. So, I mean, it got nuts. Yeah, yeah. There was some serious, some serious creativity that went on there. You know, some of them were like, hey, don't worry. You know, here's the invoice. Uh, super expensive for, you know, you can take your time paying it or whatever. Just, you know, please, ex you know, accept this or, or how to go. So, I, I was so busy creating the one brand and two SKUs and, helping promote that and save belief and, you know, all, my full-time job, it's just, you know, that, that was kind of the rookie move, right. That, that I didn't anticipate. Um, but now I would know better, like if that day changed, right. Um, so there's a lot of things that I kind of learned there, but, um, but yeah, did, you know, did getting a job with Romacraft was that part of the decision of closing up, your company, did that happen before? And you said, well, there's an opportunity maybe, or did you close the company first? And then if that happened, how did you end up falling in with Skip? Yeah, uh, no, I made the decision to to close uh, the company. And um, and that was, I was, my assumption was I was out of, out of the industry. I met a lot of really cool people. I would just hang out, and, you know, do some perps or maybe meetups. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know. I was, I was fine with it. I actually got an offer from a pretty popular blog uh, that said, Hey, you know, we'd love for you to just, do you want to be a writer, uh, you know, and write some cigar stuff for our website? I'm like, man, absolutely. Let's, let's do that. Um, and I was, I was actually completely gone. Now what happened was, uh, and I've said it before, Skip was like the very first person to reach out after the, the, uh, Coop actually posted the, the press release uh, and not with a job offer or anything like that. It was um, just, Hey man, what, you know, what you're doing is really cool. I'm sorry to hear it. Uh, you know, you ever need anything, let me know. And, and you guys know how Skip is, right? Like um, it's going to be a shirt off his back, you know, well, not his back. He'll buy you a shirt, but he won't give you his shirt, but he'll buy you a shirt. And, and so it was, it was really nice. Right. So I was like, Oh dude, you know, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Um, I'm not sure anybody wants, wants the shirt off a skip's back though. It wouldn't fit me. That's all I'm going to say. It just wouldn't fit me. But, uh, I mean, I might be able to wear it. You, yeah. I, well, I'm not saying anything about that. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, you know, that was it. I was like, you know, Hey, I appreciate it. You know, uh, we had, we had, like he does, we, we had interacted a lot on social media and, and joking stuff. And, then my wife became friendly with his uh, his girlfriend Arlen, and you know we just kind of you know really met on Facebook, and uh, but they also weren't hiring at the time, um, so but whatever it, that wasn't even in my mind. Uh, now there were quite a few offers, um, you know, from smaller guys at the time, which was really cool. But at the same time, I was like, uh, you know, I had the passion for my brand. It's it's tough for me to have passion for another brand that I don't necessarily have passion for. Right. So, um, so no, yeah, that was it. It was, it was, I don't know, a month and a half, maybe two months after I made the announcement that, um, uh, Skip had reached out again and said, Hey, you know, uh, so did you go back into, did you go back into the IT world? Yeah, I, I, I had never left. I was a full-time IT director and, uh, you know, that was a really, um, time consuming job. Now, thankfully I had done it. I had done a, a well enough job that the, the machine was just kind of running itself and i had a couple guys under me and you know they would handle all the smaller stuff because really you know at that level whatever that means um there wasn't a lot of it stuff i was doing it was really you know managing people and vacations and time off and, you know shit like that uh contract negotiating so there was time for me to kind of help promote this thing and do events now what happened was you know i was kind of, again, another rookie thing was like anyone that was willing to do an event or, you know, say, hey, let's do an event. I, I'll, I'll bring cigars and whatever we sell, you know, stuff like that. I was getting I was getting kind of busy up in the Northeast um, where it was interfering a little bit with my job. I was like leaving the office early to go do an event at like I remember Signature Cigars in Maryland, right? And I'm posting the event and my boss like sends me a screenshot like, hey, you know, of my post. I'm like, hey, good luck at your event, right? So um, <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah, there it is. Um, so, you know, but at the same time, you know, and I've said it before, it was, I had such a good time. I wasn't in the hole. I made a little bit of money. I had a ton of fun, you know, Vegas, you know, doing the trade show and meeting all the people and all the shows and, and all the different events I, I got to go on. Uh, I, I was doing, we were doing dual events with, uh, with, you know, me and, and protocol. Um, and, you know, I got really close with Juan and the Espinosa guys. And, and um, so it was just really fun. Those guys kind of took me under the wing. Um, Danny, who was making your original blend? So, um, and God bless him. I, you know, I, I love it, but it's, it's, it's almost like the Ricky factory. Also, I keep the third time I've used that word. I, I honestly don't use it that much, but uh, was at La Aurora. So, um, 
Laura and Miami Cigar at the time, they made it really, really simple, right? It's like, hey, you know, you know, you come down here, we can work on the land, we can do this thing, we'll import it, it, ship it, to you. Me, Paul, or am I just getting a bad connection with Dan? Now I can't hear Paul. Is it my end? I'm 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 hearing it too. It's it's like a little bit of a of a of a. Yeah, it's a, it's probably the AirPods like I used to use. Oh yeah, yeah. The AirPods. Try taking the AirPods off. Sure, it's gonna be a little echoey in here, but sure. That's all right. We've had worse. Um, <laughs> I still hear it. All right, all right. let's try. Uh, so, yeah. so La Aurora made your cigars? Yeah, so, you know, I worked, I, yeah, I worked with uh, Manuel and the guys out of Miami Cigar um, to get um, to get that project done. And it was fun. I learned a lot. Um, you know, that factory is, is obviously an institution. It's been here for a very long time, and they have access to a lot of things. And it was great. It was a great learning experience. Um, for me, um, so and they made a lot of things really simple, um, and and were, you know, Manuel was very good at teaching me like, hey, you know, you, you got to stay on top of the box factory. Don't don't assume that um, because you put an order in with the box factory and they told you it's going to be done by the fifteenth, that if you don't stay on top of them, it won't be the fifteenth. You know, and just a lot of that. It's like. If you're not happy with the box or you got, you know, the sample, you get it back, you get it, and you do it how, make sure they're doing it the way you want it, right? It's like, okay. Were they, just, doing, you know, were they doing a distribution for you too? So no. they handled everything? No. Oh, no. Just, just. So, where, so where, where was your, where was you, where were you, where were you, where were you headed? Where were you based out of? I was based Stop. out of, I was based out of Maryland. So. So they were making the cigars and shipping them to you in Maryland. Right. Right. So you were on top of your full-time job also doing fulfillment. Yeah. Uh, you were where, packing and shipping cigars. Packing, shipping, charging, uh, warehousing, traveling, uh, all of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and a family. <laughs> so yeah, not a lot of sleep. But, it, you know, it's funny because you don't even notice, right? It's just like, it's just like when, you, when you're doing it for yourself, it's just like, oh, I'm clicking. You're like, no, I'm not really working. I'm just invoicing all these you know, I'm going to charge these cars. I'm invoicing. I'm sending out invoicing. I'm going to pack and ship, but I'm not really working. I'm like, no, you're working. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess technically I'm working, but you, you know, I don't feel it that way because I was so like, yes, like right. you know, every box I was packing was was just, I loved it, right? So, and um, and you know, I cannot, I couldn't have done any of that without my wife's support at the time. Also, you know, either either her handling the kids or you know, with me doing events and and stuff like that, right? So. Um, it was a good time, man. It, so yeah, it, there was a lot going on at the time, um, but it was it was a lot of fun for sure. So how did that eventually evolve now? Because we, we keep how's the that. industry involved? No, how did how did you end up with Roma? Yeah, so just like that, uh, about a month and a half or two after I um, after I closed up shop, uh, Skip sent me a message and says, um, "Hey, give me a call." And, and I'd love to tell this part of the story. And I, I don't know if he's watching or not, but um, I have the I have the messages to prove it. He's like, hey, give me a call. I'm like, okay. Um, I don't. What's your number? I don't have your I don't have your number, right? And, he, <laughs> he's, and he's in Nicaragua. And then I hear from him like a day later. He's like, oh, hey, I'm sorry. Well, also, you know, what I didn't know at the time was Skip's sleep schedule in Nicaragua is usually like, you know, 
sleeps all day and then up all night. You know, I, I don't know. It's like, whoa, it was weird. He just sent me, told me to call him. I'm like, okay, you know, cool, whatever. And then um, I sent him a message like, hey, you know, just is there something I can help you with? You know, what is it you, you need from me? And he's like, no, um, honestly, uh, you know, just wondering if you'd be interested in, in a position with us. But just, you know, before we start, you would have to move to Austin. Like, so let's just start there. Um, and at the time, man, I was done with, with Maryland because our last snowstorm where I was was 37 inches. Oh. And in, in about four hours. And it was. And you grew up in Florida, so this was not. Right. I grew up normal. in I grew up in St. Pete, and I remember one time as a kid, it flurried for like you know four or five minutes, um, and and yeah, I was up there for about five years, and there was cold and stuff. But that was the first time I was trapped in my house for three or four days. Right. I like, like what the hell? And we lost my wife's car um, for a week. Right. So I had to like get another car for a week while they dug it out and. Um, it was it was wild. So we're like, man, where where are we going? Um, so we had actually kind of talked about moving back to Florida at the time. Um, and then so anyway, this comes on and he's like, hey, well, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'd be interested, you know, if it makes sense, right? And it makes sense for them, makes sense for me. Um, and obviously, we all know, makes sense means you know how much does it pay, right? Let's be real. So he says, hey, you know, why don't you you help meet Mike Rosales? Um, and and then we'll all meet up. So I'm like, okay, cool. And the thing is, I was so busy on my side at the time. I'd probably smoke, you know, a handful of Roma crafts, but I was so busy with with everything else I was doing. I didn't know a super ton about it. So I, you know, I don't know if maybe that ended up helping me uh, with uh, like because I wasn't a fanboy, right? Like I was coming in as a, like, hey, this is gonna be work, right? Not like, hey, you know, everything about Roma is great, and then you know you get into it where it's like, oh wow, this is actually a job. This is really actual work. But I didn't know who Mike Rosales was. Mike isn't as um, as on social media as Skip is, um, and just you know, uh, to say the least. Uh, so I fly out to Oklahoma, and Mike scoops me up from that from that hotel. And this is the very first time we're meeting. And the very first time we're meeting, we're going to be in a stuck. We're going to be stuck in a car all day, meet, going to shops, and then eventually an event at night. So I always like to say this, like this could have went two different ways. It could have been like, he drops me right back off the hotel and says, Hey, you know, don't worry about Austin. I got your flight, head back to Maryland, or I end up with a job. Um, and and it, it turned out though, you know, obviously we know how it turned out. Um, you know, him and I had a lot of very similar um, things, a lot of even the same mannerisms. And, you know, it was very, very funny. So we actually kind of hit it off right away. And uh, I went and did it. I went and did a couple of events um, while I was out there in Oklahoma. And uh, from there, we flew to Austin. I met the rest of the team. And, dude, they put me through the Roma Craft ringer because I was up to, like, I don't know, 5 a.m. And then back to the office at 9 a.m. to meet people. And then, you know, hey, one more time at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, yo, like, I, how did, you know. I was dead before I was like, Hey, I'll just, I was almost like, I will sign just to get the hell out to get, to get some sleep. No, it wasn't happening. But, uh, <laughs> but, but by the end of it had a job offer, um, flew back home, talked to the boss, uh, and by boss, I mean my wife. And uh, I was going to clarify for all the single men. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, uh, and she was like, well, 
what's Austin like? Like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. So we, we flew the family out in Austin. We were there for a few days and flew back and, and then that was it. So, you know, by the end of September, I was, I was at Roma. Um, and it was, it was that fast, like, like uh, two months. So it was great because, you know, especially later on kind of knowing it was like, they didn't really post the job, right? It wasn't like, Hey, we're looking for a guy. Um, and when I was hired and the announcement went out and it was like, it was, it was neat because it was like, it even went into IPCPR magazine and you know, wh- whoever reads that, but you know, that it, it was, it was really cool. And the reaction was, was mixed because a lot of it was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, you know, Danny got Roma. And some people were like, Oh my God, Roma got Danny, which was cool. But most of the reactions were like, who the fuck is Danny Vasquez? Right? Like, who is this guy? Like, why are you announcing that you're hiring this guy? So, um, that was humbling to say the least, right? Cause like, well now, you know, what that means is, you know, I'm back at, you know, I'm here and I have to prove the fact that, you know, my worth and my value, what do I do? Right. Um, so that was it. And I, I went in and, and try to hit the ground running as best I can. And, you know, was there for three years, about three. It's a pretty tight knit group there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I started, it was um, Skip and Mike, obviously. Um, Skip's uh, ex-wife, Mike's wife, and Skip's daughter. So I was the only one that wasn't a Rosales or a Martin. And um, that was that was going to be the key. Like, I know I can communicate. I know I can talk to people. I know I can sell, whatever that means. I know I can host events. But how am I going to get along with the team, right? Um, so fairly quickly. I mean, that was really what I focused on was like, Hey, you know, let's befriend everybody. And then Mike Rosales, wife and my wife, like they just hit it off right away. Um, and we have kids about the same age. So just, you know, as quick as I kind of, uh, got brought on at the same speed, like my own family just got, got adopted by that Roma family. Um, so it was, it was, it was off to the races man, when, when we started there. So yeah, tighten it for sure. How was life in Texas? How did your family uh, acclimate to being in Texas? It's, it's quite a different culture than Maryland. Oh, yeah, 100%. We, but we were happy. And, and here, here's a little kind of snippet that will let you understand our mentality and how we saw it. When you would open a door, like you're going into 7-Eleven, you open the door and you let someone in, they would, they would walk in. Very cool. In Texas, or really in the South, when you open the door for someone at 7-Eleven and they walk in, they say, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it, right? Or thank you, or appreciate you know, whatever. There's not a lot of that up North, right? And it's, it's and listen, I'm originally a New Yorker. Like I was born in New York. My mom has a, my mom has a super thick New York accent, right? So I can, I still have a little bit of that aggression, uh, especially for Texas um, and some of that, but being raised in Florida, you know, somebody opened the door for you, you say thank you, or you actually open the door for someone and do that. So that just tells you a lot of the culture shock between Maryland and, and being back in the South and, and in Texas. Um, um, but Austin is very different than the rest of Texas, right? So Austin is a lot like St. Pete is now, if you guys have been up here at all. Very really? very trendy, uh, very foodie. The food in Austin is phenomenal. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to see there. There's hills like in California, there's, ri- you know, there's river, there's, there's all kinds of shit to do. So we actually 
really, really fell in love with Austin. It, it was, it was great. Austin's, so, Austin's the little blue dot in, in Texas. And yeah, <laughs> I, I hear that all the time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's like one of the few cities that's like, you can be next to an F-350, you know, Ford F-350 pickup truck and a Prius and a Tesla, you know, it's just like, you know, this, the whole city is, is, uh, all confused, but the, it meshes really well. So, um, yeah, to be completely honest, like we, we loved we loved Texas. Um, now, you, we went there with the mentality of like, oh, we're from Florida. Don't tell us about heat. I know about heat. I'm from Florida. Humidity, heat. Yo, our first summer, when it was 10 straight days of over 100 degrees, and the sun, the sun comes down in fists. Like, the sun just punches you in the face all day. I had a whole new respect for summers in, in heat in Texas. Then, uh, would you rather have that fist pounding sun or the thirty-seven inches of snow? No, fist pounding sun. You can't do shit. Keep it, in, keep it in perspective, Danny. Keep it in perspective. That's no, funny. spoken like a true Florida boy. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm thinking Florida. It's like, well, do you want the sun and dry heat, or do you want like eighty-five degrees but super muggy, right? Like. I want neither. I just want to go inside my air conditioning. That's you know exactly. I don't know if it's because I've been here so long or because I don't have any hair, but I don't get the whole humidity thing. Oh, I do. Yeah, I get it, and I also understand from like I remember my first time going to Vegas, and I mean the women, the women cry about it because it blows their hair up like a you know. But like it doesn't phase me. I mean, let me tell you something. I was I landed in Vegas. It was a it was like a hundred and seven or eight. And we were waiting in line to get in a car. And I'm telling you, the first thing we said when we got in the car was, take us to a convenience store. We need water. I mean, like, we were going to die. It was like an <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I, I, Danny described it perfect. It really is. A, it's a punch in the face as soon as you walk out from AC into that dry heat. It, it, I mean, it yeah. dead I, in the I, face. I don't get that argument. The dry heat, the humidity. If, if it's hot, it's hot. No, it's different because, like, in humidity, I can't – you can't even really breathe in humidity, right? Or or you instantly start sweating. Like, you're not even really that hot. Well, I'm fat. I sweat all the time well, no matter what the, <laughs> what, what the well, climate is. You're just you're – just It's saying, like you can oh, take man. a knife and cut the air. It's I'm just a moist man. Now, now, you know, we've been to Arizona, obviously, and Vegas. And the difference with Vegas is when it's nighttime – and if nobody's ever been to Vegas, you'll appreciate this when you get there. The heat comes from the bottom at night. Right? So it's like, it's not like Arizona. Arizona, or like Phoenix, the sun goes down and you're like, oh, the weather is fucking phenomenal. It's beautiful. Uh, when the sun goes down in Vegas, the heat just changes from that direction to from the ground. And you, you feel it. So it's just like it's, it's all the underground generators that run all the lights in the city. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh Well here I always I always joke with people because I'm from Long Island, I joke with a lot of people that at night sometimes here in the heat of August or July, it's hotter at night because it's so humid. You just walk outside and your arms and your calves are covered in sweat. I don't get that. You get that, Alex? I I get that like after that two o'clock rain and after then oh, rain, yeah. you're right. The only time it's, I ever really feel like the musk of humidity is after a, a good rain. Right. But outside of that, I'm never conscious of it. 
Right. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. You know, growing up here, I really wasn't either until I moved like further up north where there's less humidity. Even though Maryland technically for the northeast has a lot of humidity, like compared to like, I don't know, like Western Virginia or Western PA or, or whatever. But um, once you and then you come back, like you, you're living in Maryland, you come back and visit Florida, you're like, holy crap. Like, I feel like, wow. you know, but uh, I think I think part of it is you just acclimate because. Now that I'm thinking about it, I wasn't conscious of 30 degree weather when I lived in Chicago. I used to go out with shorts and a t-shirt like it was nothing. So right. I, I yeah, guess, yeah, you, you acclimate to where you live, I guess. But, but you yeah. are now. Cause the oh, weather. God. Are you kidding me? If it's like 50, I'm looking for a jacket. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm like, no, even here, it was, it was, I was recording a show or a podcast on Monday and I was like, I was like, man, it's 61. And I had my hoodie, <laughs> I had my full sweats on and I'm freezing cause I'm outside and, and, and uh, and yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. Uh, it was. Where, it's embarrassing to go back in cold weather now because, like, you I mean I'm literally? I, I used to literally. We played football in in thirty year below weather. I mean, cold wasn't nothing, and now like it's like sixty. I'm like, uh, has anybody got a hat? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed now. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's really like it's like a complete switch. You know, up north it hits sixty. You're like, ah, bust out the t-shirts. Put some yeah. No. Now you get down here and hit sixty. You're looking for a jacket and a hat. Crazy, Alex. When you when you bring your son up to Jersey and and Pennsylvania, does he does he get cold really easily? He does. He gets cold. He thinks he's like is into the snow, which he's had a couple times. But it's like ten minutes, and it's like ah, I'm cold. Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah, my son is quick to be like, ah, I'm done. Let's go. <laughs> you know, he doesn't. So uh, yeah, we, it's definitely a culture shock. Had- we hit 48 degrees one morning here uh, out west in Florida, and uh, I, the dogs wouldn't go outside. I had to carry the dogs outside, and I had to – my son walked outside, and he started crying. He said, too cold, Daddy, too cold. <laughs> all right, buddy, get over it. There's a Florida kid all the way. You had to carry yeah. your dogs outside. <laughs> I, had to pick, I had to pick Nala up and put her outside. She's, is that the one that's on Prozac? Yes, yes, it right. is. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only so guy I know is a dog. A dog that's maybe more medicated than his wife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Danny, moving forward, let's fast forward three years at Roma Craft. Hold on, before um, we get into Roma Craft, we got. Let's take a break. Okay. It's a good time okay, to take a break. Let's take a break, and uh, then we'll come back and talk about the uh, Roma Craft era. And I'm going to throw two questions out for you to think about, Danny, because I don't want to blindside you. But when we come back from the break, I want to know. What was the best thing about working for Skip Martin? And what was the worst thing about working for Skip Martin? And we'll be back to answer those questions right after this. Keep it lit. Hola a todos. Mi nombre es Elmer Suarez de la Flor de Copán en Honduras. My name is Ernesto Cranwinkel and I'm from La Romana, Dominican Republic. Hola, mi nombre es Diana. Soy de Manizales, Colombia. Hola amigos, saludos a todos. María Santis, orgullosa de ser puertorriqueña. Cheers, I'm Oliver, I'm from London, England. I love H. Uman Añejo. My favorite H. Upman Dominican cigar is the H. Upman Banker. My favorite H. Upman cigar is the Herman's Batch. Favorite H. Upman is the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. Mi cigarro favorito es H. Upman Española. I highly recommend you try the H. Upman 175th Anniversary, awarded number 10 cigar of 2019. 
one world together with a Trumpman. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Hurricane Iota. Hurricane Iota. Hurricane Iota. A humanitarian crisis is unfolding in Central America tonight. Honduras is being hammered by powerful winds. Hi guys, my name is Raul Flores. I'm marketing director here. My name is Baba Bowie. You might know me as Tyler. Guys, we want to thank you so much for your donations for Hurricane Eta. Uh, we're almost right there with the 10,000, but aren't those rookie numbers, man? Dude, those are rookie numbers, man. Listen, we made the $9,100. We got Christian, he's matching that number. And we're work and we're talking to people right now from Conchita Foods. Wait, Conchita Foods aren't those the guys that compete with uh, Goya? Yeah, man, listen, I'm from Virginia, and I choose Conchita Foods. Conchita Foods is the one, my man. Dude, they're great. And listen, man. Why stop at 10,000? Dude, let's get to 50,000, man. 50,000 is a new goal, to, We're man. talking to two other foundations. Mm -hmm. We're going to make it to $50,000. If you're looking for your reason to live, do it now. You're helping these people. Hey, listen, man, almost 2 million people displaced from their homes in northern Honduras. Right. Dude, come on, what are you waiting for? We're going to make the GoFundMe right now. So please, you're going to find the link in our website. Everybody's going to be posting. Everybody's going to be donating. We need your help right now. Guys, don't think too much. Do it now. Act right now, my man. Listen, man, $50,000, we could do it. We're counting on you. Welcome back, everybody. Honest Dave here with Hour 2 of KMA Talk Radio, episode number 402, with my two trusty cohorts, Alex Tabella and Paul DeRocco. And on KMA today is the man himself, Danny Vasquez. Man, that, you know, those, that, uh, you know, the, the, that foundation that CLE is doing for all those people who got displaced in Honduras is amazing. But man, I felt sorry for that table during that commercial. Hold on, I can barely, I yeah. can hear what you were saying. It was breaking up. No, I said that, that that the money they're trying to raise for all the families that got displaced in Honduras from the hurricane is, is really a, a great thing. Um, but I was just, that was the first time I saw that clip. I was saying, I felt sorry for that table. Yeah, that it, was intense. That was an intense. Make it, make it a table on that thing. <laughs> that was something. If you, visit, uh, if you visit our homepage, kmatalkradio.com, scroll down, there's a CLE Foundation banner. That's uh, that goes to their GoFundMe page, and that's where you can donate to, to help them raise money to help those displaced families. And I mean, we we love Christian and, and Tom over at uh, over at CLE and Asylum, and they're they're doing some great work now. So we're we want to we want the KMA family to to help these people out if if you can. Every little bit is appreciated, as Tom was telling us the other day. Ooh. This episode, so this 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 part two of KMA Talk Radio. This is my stick. I should have came <laughs> in the office, damn it. <laughs> this is the you this gotta raid the, his humidor. This is the first one I'm smoking since we, you know, picked it out I don't know, sometime last year. So I mean they literally just came in, we started boxing them. I mean, yeah. this is the first one I'm smoking. Wow. Yeah. So, Danny, before the break, two questions I asked you. I'm sure everybody in America wants to know. Everybody. 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 What is the? I'll, I'll start out with the easy one. What's the best thing about working with Skip Martin? Listen, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of good things about about working with Skip. It's. Um, Are you in a bathroom? I'm in this empty like. He's in a holding cell. My yeah, somebody thought you were in a correctional facility. They were wondering if you were getting out this weekend. <laughs> 
I can try the AirPods. No, you're good. You're good. No, 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 don't worry about it. The Echo is better than the AirPods. We don't miss a word with the with the Echo. So you're good. I don't know if it's the yeah, website or the connection. Okay. Well, it's it's the AirPods. They don't work sometimes for some reason. Yeah, the, the right, Bluetooth right. does not work great. We're gonna start telling people to only do um, um, headphones. headphones. Yeah. So the best yeah, thing about there, working there's with a lot, there's a lot of good things with 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 Skip. Um, we could sell for one. Like I mentioned earlier, if there was something. <laughs> If there was anything you ever needed, you it was it was almost it was nothing to ask Skip and he would help and he would I mean this is the kind of guy he is. Um, he has a huge heart and you always know where you stand with Skip. I mean that's that's kind of thing as as controversial as he may be on social media, you know, controversial. I guess he's controversial to the people that don't agree with him, right? Um, or or whatever. Um, you knew exactly like where you stood with with Skip, and he he gave it to you straight, and he you know there was no you know there was no wondering like oh you know uh, how does he feel? So like, no, you know right, um, and and you know that's a great thing you know on the working side right on the the um, as a boss side it, that you want to know it's like hey you know here's your job. Here's your goal. You got to figure it out, you know, and, and kind of that openness to be able to kind of create your own job and, and handle it the way you want, as long as you're kind of results with it. Right? So, um, but, you know, there's a lot like he, you know, he does make you feel like part of the team to make you feel like part of the family. They, you know, he's really good at just, you know, including everybody in, in, in something or, or whatever. Right. So there's a lot of, Skip has a lot of good traits. And I know that a lot of people, you know, the question is kind of there because of, you know, his social media kind of uh, angst and things that happen there, right? But um, to be real, you know, as long as you're kind of doing your shit and, and making sure you're um, you're handling your job and what you've been told to do and, and asked to do part of your job, and he's actually fairly easy to work with or, or for, so. So, I mean, look, from my own personal experience, there's two Skip Martins. There's a Skip Martin you see on social media, and there's a Skip Martin you see when you're in person talking with him and interacting with him. I wonder if it's mine. So, are you all right, Paul? Uh, I'm okay. I think Danny's having some issues. All right. Can you hear us, Dan? Danny, can you hear us? Danny? Yeah, it's, now I'm hearing you chopping. Major Tom. <laughs> All right. Well, finish your finish your statement, Abe. There's two different Skip. Well, I, my experience is just two different Skip Martins. Completely, the, the Skip Martin you interact with on Facebook and debate or agree with is completely different than a guy when he sits sat in my office and we had like a four hour conversation one day. Um, but that being said, and, and you know, the president of the Danny Vasquez fan club is on right now. Your buddy Rodney Haysha. So we're, we're you know, let's see how we respond. What was the worst thing about working with Skip Martin? Because I know everybody who works for me would love to line up and answer that question. So here he is again. Did we lose Danny, him? So what was the what was the worst thing about working with Skip? <laughs> uh, it's because he told you exactly uh, what he wanted from you. No, <laughs> um, the worst thing, I... dude. My my team would line up with a list. Oh, please don't get me started. My team would line up with a list <laughs> with no shame. 
None. None. I don't even work for you full time, and I got a list going here. Yeah, look. <laughs> um, the worst thing. I don't Listen, know. You can't fire you. I feel. I honestly feel like skipping it, but it's it's. Um, I, and it's not even the worst thing, but Skip has just a way that things need to work, right? And the way things need to go in a very systematical um, way that may or may not sometimes um, be the same way, you know, I would think or everyone else thinks. Uh, so, you know, there, it's, it, it's really, it was just a part of like learning that system of how Skip would like things done, right? And there was there were some learning curves there and some bumps in the roads. Like, you know, hey, very particular on, especially with his brand and, and things like that too. It's like, um, you know, we got into it one time because the t-shirt logos were a little off here, you know, inch off here, inch off there, right? And um, But ultimately, although those things are kind of a pain in the ass, those small details matter. Um, to him and the company and the brand. And, um, you know, it, it was never for just to kind of show you, hey, I'm the fucking boss. No, you need to do it this way. He, a lot of it had a reasoning to, you know, why he did it, right? Like, um, you know, having the, let's say, like the headquarters showroom ready at all times, where I was like, okay, you know, it's not even, it's not that bad. But the truth is, you know, guests came in there all the time to headquarters and did tours so i got it right and um but you know listen skip and i have a really good relationship uh, i know that if i called and text and needed anything or um you know my kids need anything my wife needed anything i know you know skip's a guy that i could call and, and he would help whatever right so um <laughs> there, very there diplomatic was... of you very diplomatic yeah, <laughs> That was a softball, that, I bet. That was a softball. I could have fired off on Abe immediately. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think what I've what I've heard about Skip, one of the complaints that I've heard in the past from uh, people not to be mentioned is that because he is up all night, uh, a lot of times you'll get you know assignments or tasks at three a.m. and Dude, Abe does the same thing. The, Abe, I'm guilty that, of that is Abe, and, and here's the thing with Abe. Abe loves group text as well. So you may have oh. six different group texts that are plus or minus one person or two people. So you'll get this slew of things coming in on four different group texts at 4 a.m. And then he comes walking in at 9.30 and he's like, all right, where are we at on this? I'm like, dude, we're still trying to decipher the text. You know, is this done? Is that ready? What's the deadline? I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. No, uh, no, definitely. The, the emails and text messages from 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning would be there. Uh, oh, we but- stopped using email two years ago. Too slow for me. Yeah, I'd take credit for that. Yes. Emails are too slow. It's You might as well be on the Pony Express if you're communicating via email. Well, if there's, you know, attachments and stuff. But anyway, you know. That's so he, yeah, yeah. He, um, but he was, he. I mean, he wasn't dumb. You knew I was sleeping. But, you know, he. I was able also to prove myself that, hey, if you text me at 4 a.m. that you need something done by a certain time or whatever, it's going to get done. So it wasn't like, oh, shit, you know, let me wake up and do it now. Text me at 4 a.m. Alan, that's why you work for Santa Clara. We have higher standards. Oh, Alan boy. Rubin. <laughs> Alan Rubin. So, so fast forward at Roma Craft. You're there for three years. Why the change? So, 
I think we had been looking to kind of come back to Florida for a little while. Um, my, all of my wife's family's here and, um, uh, we have a lot of friends here. I, the, a lot of the friends that I grew up with, um, are here. And honestly, whenever we went on vacation with the kids, if we were coming to grandma's here in Florida, or we were coming to Disney here in Florida or, you know, whatever. Um, so we'd kind of always like, ah, oh, you know, maybe at some point we could end up back in Florida. Um, but the, what actually happened in, you know, in a much more serious kind of thing is my daughter has a condition called von Willebrand's that is a bleeding disorder that um, is hard for her to clot. Like, so if she were to get a, a you know, a, a cut, uh, maybe for us wouldn't be too bad. You, we could just hold it and, you know, wrap it and heal it. Um, my wife has, uh, my, my, my daughter has this thing called von Willebrand's that the enzyme that kind of manages those cells to, uh, to scab up and to clot the blood uh, is, doesn't necessarily work as well as it should. Um, she doesn't have the worst case, but it is something that we have to monitor as she gets older. Um, in Texas for like the last year and a half, she was getting, or like the last year and a half, two years, she would get a nosebleed and it would, she had her first nosebleed there. And then it was once a month and then it was twice a month and then it was once a week and then twice wow. a week. And then it turned into at least once a day um, where she was just getting these nosebleeds. And, you know, she's nine. She's about to be 10. She's um, about to hit puberty, right? So we know what happens with blood, right? Like we have to be very, right. very conscious of that. Um, the, the doctors are like, look, there's not really much we can do for her right now. I mean, there's not like some magic pill and she's way too young for birth control. You know, there's... So they're like, if you have found something that could help her, you know, you kind of need to, you know, just do that. So we're like, well, of course. So we come to vacation here in Florida, like two times early, well, sorry, one late 2019. And then like in June or July of 20 of this year and kind of just took note that, man, we've been here for two or three days. She hasn't had a nosebleed and she hasn't been taking any allergy medicine. So Austin is very, mm. is much drier than, than, than Florida. And then also they have these cedar trees that give off this pollen and, and it was re really, really affecting her. So we, we come to Florida and nothing. And now we've been here three months and she hasn't had one nosebleed. She hasn't been taking any allergy medicine. Amazing. Um, yeah. So um, I'm going to tell you, and, and this, is, this will be my last emotional statement, but when I'm up at 3 a.m. with my, my, my first, my first kid and she's crying saying you know dad why does this happen to me like why do i have to have this it just it doesn't matter nothing else matters nothing else matters of course you want to you want to fix that problem so um you know there's nothing just, worse as a parent than feeling helpless when you when one of your kids is in pain it's the worst feeling. like and, and to the point where i i left knowing i was going to be due a bonus in, in q3 like I knew we had we had hit the number. I was getting a bonus, but I, I just really couldn't do it anymore. And school starting here, um, I think. I mean, Skip like, didn't send you the bonus anyway. Yeah. <laughs> why, why did you have to do that? Come on, no. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. No, so um, uh, when there's there's a comment by Andrew McCrary. Andrew McCrary knows very well about moving states for your kid. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys know him, but that, that's someone you should reach out to if you ever have any questions. Um, he's a good dude. And, and so we, we just made that decision and, and, um, and, and that was it. So I'd given like a three week notice 
so a lot of people are like, oh, you left because you wanted to start your own brand. I was like, well, honestly, when I put in my notice, um, there was no, the FDA announcement from the judge in Maryland hadn't happened. That actually was announced like my last week there. Um, so it wasn't until that change where that became an option or, or this, what we're doing. You know, did you, did you, did you, was, was there any possibility of you continuing to stay with Romacraft and working from Florida? Um, no, no. And, and, you know, kind of the reasoning is, you know, again, being a small knit team, um, you know, we would be, we would do sales, but we would also handle the shipments when they came in from Nicaragua and helped, you know, in the warehouse and shipping and all that, you know, at least, you know, tw you know, at least twice a month, um, or at least once a month, but mo usually twice a month, which would consume, you know, three to four days. Right. So, um, you know, of, of eight days of 20 working days in a month, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been with the team helping. Right. Them. Um, but, um, I mean, who's to know? It, it, it wasn't offered. It wasn't really brought up. It was just kind of like, hey, I kind of need to go fairly when, quickly. And especially when, you made, when you made the decision to move, did you know what you were going to do or that was just you'll figure it out? I would figure it out. I mean, well, yeah, I was I was at that level where I I was I felt bad for my that level of my kid. Right. And, um, you know, I was I'm not the kind of like, hey, just ship her to grandma's for <laughs> the next month or so. Right. Um, so, no, I, I, to be completely honest, we we knew something would work out. We knew it just blind faith or just trust in ourselves. And like, Hey, if I go back to it and at, you know, at even a lower level than I was, well, Hey, you know, I'm still at six figures, right? Like it's, it, we would have been okay. Right. Um, even if that, even if that meant I was out of the cigar industry, it, it, it just, it just wasn't, and nothing else was important at the time. You know, we had some savings, uh, we had friends and family here that we knew that we could lean on if we needed to. Um, so, you know, that was it. Uh, it was just fucking, let's go. Wow. Yeah. And Balls, then, ballsy, to say the least. Looking yeah. back, then, you know, super ballsy. Yeah, there it is. And then this guy comes back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us about the new Batacoa. So cigars are in production now? Cigars are in production. Boxes fucking better be in production next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, this is a really cool story too. There's a guy named Ronnie Haysha up in Detroit. I don't know if you've, anyway. The president um, of the Danny Vasquez fan club. Yeah, he's the president. <laughs> uh, no, for sure. Um, he's turned into, he, like, you know, that guy's turned into, you know, my brother, right? Every everybody's brother that he kind of like attaches to, and he's, he's everybody's brothers. Yeah. He's everybody's brothers, brother yeah. or stalker, or which whatever you want to call. Yeah, him. I mean either one. <laughs> don't call, don't call him a stalker. He unfriended me on Facebook once because I called him a stalker. <laughs> that's a huge move for him not oh, friend. That's you. true. He did. That takes that takes effort. Like you got to do it. Um. So anyway, he you know he was in the in the ear of a lot of a lot of people about me and this and that. So. You know, I had the my, my last week there, I had some offers already come in. Either it'd be, hey, if you're going to relaunch the voyage, you know, we'd love for you to use our factory. Um, if, uh, you know, if, you, if you're looking for something, we'd love a Florida rep. You know, some people didn't know I was moving to Florida or whatever, or they thought I was going to stay in Texas. And Texas is, is like a state that um, a lot of people would use help in, right? Um, it's so massive. 
it's kind of hard to cover that and other states. But anyway, um, so the love, like I, that was humbling. Like some like bigger, uh, bigger companies, some smaller companies. Um, it was uh, it was a lot of it was very humbling. It made me feel good, right? So I'm like, well, hey, maybe maybe this kind of works out. Um, and then um, I got into a conversation with Henderson Ventura. Um, from you know Tabacalera, William Ventura, and Dr. Um, and I, I know you guys know this. And, um, and him and I talked for about an hour and a half. Um, and right away, man, we just kind of clicked and just kept, you know, just kept talking. And he, he really understood the project that I was working on. Also, understanding like the COVID type of situation we we had with you know flying in and out of the country and going to Dr. So he was very very willing to work with me. Um, you know, thankfully for this one, for the first voyage, which, you know, we're, we have three plans or three brands in production, in mind production, and we're working on the next releases already. But at least for the first voyage, I knew what the blend was, right? I mean, I had the blend down, it was my blend. And I sent that to Anderson and kind of back and forth a couple times with different, with different, uh, um, he he crushed it right so you know in that talk though it was it was it was really cool because i guess you know there's a lot of guys that are as, as dumb as i was back in 2015 2014 2015 that smoke a lot of cigars and, and they want their own cigar right we, whether they have a club or a facebook page or a really cool instagram account they want to have their own cigar right so they they'll beg any factory and to, to make a cigar for them or to even give them something that they have left over on the shelf or, you know, whatever that they can slap their band on. Um, and he was, he's not necessarily interested in doing stuff like that for, you know, people that may or may not, and that don't really understand the concept of selling the cigar after you get it made. You want to get it, you want to make a cigar? That's fucking any, anybody. If you got the cash, anybody get a cigar made tomorrow. Amen. Uh, but the, the reorder, right, which, you know, the selling, you know, Okay, well, cool. Yeah, you know, I'm really close to, uh, well, you know, I'm really close to a lot of stores around here. Like, oh yeah, like how many? Yeah, like two or three stores. I visit them all the time. Like, oh, where? Like, um, okay, let's say all those stores over five boxes of each. You know, what are you doing after that? Well, like, yeah, dude, you don't, you know, it's not that easy. Um, well, anyway, and I say that because he tells me a story of, of guys that are looking to, um, do, you know, have a cigar and he's not necessarily interested in taking a production space from the factory to serve these small kind of brands that aren't even really brands. They're just really one-offs. Right. Um, and, uh, but he's like, but I know about you again. Thank you, Ronnie. Love you. Um, and I've seen you on social media, you know, I, and I, I think you can, you can, this would be great. I'd love to work with you. And that was it. And I was like, I love this factory. I love the stuff that's coming out of this factory. Um, you know, you know, a lot of people know, you know, my man crush is, is Matt Booth in the industry. Right. So a lot, a lot of his stuff is kind of coming out of there. And, Matt, uh, Matt Booth seemed to be a lot of people's man crush. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, but, but how many of them have, have the ring, you know, and a, and a bracelet named after them. This is actually, you can go on room one one It's called the Danny Link bracelet. The oh my God. I didn't know that was you. I know that the is, Danny Link. That's you. That's why I got Look at Paul. He's all enamored now. So my oh, wife—that's awesome, dude. My wife wanted to do it as a present, and, and and Matt was like, "Well, I really, there's something I've been wanting to do for a while, 
So I got I got the Danny Link bracelet with the matching talent ring uh, that I wear on special occasions. So um, so for any Matt Booth man crushes you think out there, yeah, pump your brakes. But anyway, <laughs> you and you and you and Guy Fieri have the have the jewelry named after you. So that's good company to be in. Guy Fieri on a much different level. Um, I will, Matt. <laughs> you know, he's flying private jets with Guy Fieri. I will buy you a Southwest ticket to come visit. <laughs> There's, that's, the difference between, that's the only difference between me and Guy Fieri. Just, so, and, so and a full so head the air. new cigar. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the new cigar. Here's the uh, here's the official logo. Yeah. Is this yeah. the first time anybody's seen this? No, because this is the this is the the first cigar that I launched. So this is the Voyage. I used the same. You know. Okay. This is something I worked on with uh, Umberto out of Miami, also from Cigar Package Design, and uh, you know that's a font that I found and loved, and he worked it and and you know did the flourishes and and all these things, um, and um, I just I just really you know fell in love with it. And it, what's funny is as I was kind of telling people that I was going to relaunch and stuff like that, I'm like no, I'll probably redesign the band and the boxes, and you know have something new and the immediate response was like, no, 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 no. Like, I, we love that. I'm like, for real? Like, you know, for me, it was like such, it was like a, my intro, right? So I'm like, I, you know, I have my creativity, creativity size changed. It was the, a the very amount sophomore of art concept for you early on, right? You look at it like it's soft, like it was early work, you know, because that, right. that's what just happened with us. Like I posted, I had a retro I found one of the first smoking uniforms we ever made. I posted it on Facebook with our old logo, which I look at. I'm like, oh man, that's so sophomoric, you know. I, <laughs> I you know, that was my early days and whatnot, and everybody loved it. They're like, they oh, we gotta make, it. yeah, we got to make stuff using the old logo now. We're gonna make some throwback yeah. stuff. But I mean, smoking throwbacks, right? It's crazy. I mean, if you think about it, like even even in American kind of culture, right? The Camaro goes back to the old style. The the Challenger goes back to old style. The Bronco looks like the old way it did. Like people just love feeling like that. Or not, you know, okay, the Voyage is not on the level of any of those things. But what I mean is like, like, like no, we want the the original kind of feel. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. I would wear that it's just because it's 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 different than you know, just it makes you feel like an OG. Um, <laughs> My favorite. It's I have, a nostalgic thing. Yeah, I have a double raised jersey, a Fred McGriff autographed double raised jersey that I love, um, and I love the new stuff. But man, when I wear that double raised jersey, I get com I mean, I get compliments and comments all the time. So um, I am, you know, I'm conscious of how the cigar secondary market kind of works. Um, I'm conscious of how the Facebook groups and things work. So I'm like, well, how do I differentiate? you know, the originals from, from now and, and stuff like that. So we're going to just come out with different sizes. Uh, thanks, Mark. It's my, it's my man right there, too. Um, you know, we'll have different sizes to to just kind of differentiate the original from, from this release. But even then, when I sit back, I'm like, man, I really fell in love with that design and the box that came in and stuff like, why, you know, why have I changed? So that'll stay the same, and then I'll probably evolve with the other products that I'm coming, and then maybe, you know, in the future, if... Um, all of America that's listening, you know, lets me change the box, then maybe I will. But if not, fuck it. It's, it's a it's a great looking, cheap quality box. So keep it. What what what? Where does the name Baracoa come from? So <laughs> what's funny with when I when I started originally, it was me and a buddy that had started the company, um, and he's from Cuba, and he has family from Baracoa, Cuba, 
which is on the east coast of Cuba. Um, it was actually the original capital of Cuba. And it was the first place uh, Columbus landed when he got there. So like, if you look at, um, if you look at his journals, there's a Mesa mountain in the background that he kind of draws out. So if you look at, if you look back at the Voyage logo, one of those medallions that's in there is actually, um, oh shit, man, I sent you the old one, but you see the star on the left? Typically the star on the left is, I mean, this was actually changed after what I sent you there, is the Mesa Mountain from, from Baracoa, Cuba. Um, so, so that was it. And I just, I just, I, I, I liked it. And, and it kind of ties in the whole theme of, you know, the voyage and traveling and, and exploring and things like that. Right. So, um, what is it? I think it was a Mexican dance. No, it's, and yeah, so not to be confused with Barbacoa, uh, from like Chipotle or something. It is, <laughs> there's no B in it. So the cigars are in production now. When when can people get their hands on them? Again, um, we're looking at the third to fourth week of January uh, for that stuff. So that you know, it's it, that'll be about three months of, of aging there. Um, we've gotten like the second round of, of samples that have gone. Uh, I think it's it's perfect. It's done. You know, let's just let them age a little longer, um, and they'll they'll continue to age until the boxes are ready. Also. Um, <laughs> fucking box guy so anyway uh actually he's a good guy um yeah so we're looking at uh third or fourth week of, of january and what's really cool is there's i, I was hit up a lot about hey we want to we want the first event either you know in this certain area we want to do the first launch event we were the relaunch event and i was like like holy shit like oh hey you know there's only one of me you know and, and let's figure out so i kind of just kind of went in order like the first person to ask you know, which was, a, he was a huge supporter at the beginning and, and, you know, um, is, is continued support. And I, I, I'm going to wait till we dot the T's and cross the I's to kind of announce where that's going to be. But, uh, you know, you kind of got the nod, uh, to do it with him. So I'm excited for that. Um, and you know, the idea is to kind of go back to these accounts that one were originally with me that I brought with me to Roma or were also with Roma. Um, and then also all the stores that I've met over the last three years and, and work with them over the last three years. And, and, Hey, you know, there's a lot of things that room craft does right. And, and there's a lot of things that, you know, I helped do and, and develop and run for three years. So there's a lot of that stuff that I, I want to bring over and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm super transparent. Right. And, and, um, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said, you know, I didn't learn a lot that I'm going to use now, um, as far as how to run things and efficiencies and, things like that right so um, you know i want to ask a question and you look if you can't answer i completely understand i'm just curious because it's very common in this industry especially guys at your level um you didn't have a non non-compete working for roma i did not and and what's funny uh, about that is skip's kind of opinion of a non-compete is like it's kind of all bullshit anyway right it's like you know agreed it, it, it's not super agreed. it's not super hard to get out of but it's also like it's kind of like, but here's the thing. Let's say, let's say Skip makes me sign a non-compete, right? Or Roma crap makes me sign because we forget about Mike Rosales. I, you know, everybody talks. About Why does everybody always forget about Mike Rosales? What's that? Why does everyone always forget about Mike Rosales? I just, I, he's just not as active. I think you know, right? He, he gets a lot of interaction in the stores and people. Somebody asked that in the comments. Why does everybody always forget Mike Rosales? 
I, I, yeah, I saw Ronnie say that, but I, I don't think it's anybody who forgets him. It's just he doesn't set himself up to kind of be a target for anything, right? He's, he's very like, hey, you know, that's not my thing, right? So um, he commented on social media. So, you know, the one with the target on him is, is, uh, is Skip. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they made me sign a non-compete, then they'd kind of be admitting, like, hey, if you left us, you could be a competition for us, right? But the, but the truth is, like, I'm not going to be competition for Roma, right? Like, they're, they're at, right now, anyway, right? And, yeah, there's certain – there's only certain shelf space, and there's only certain – you know, amount of money that a store has and this and that. But yeah, listen, they're on another level. Um, and, and there's a lot of guys on that level. And yeah, you know, that's, that's the vision, you know, not necessarily the vision to be Roma, but the vision to get, you know, to that amount of cigars or half as many cigars here in the next, you know, I don't know what, five years or something. That'd be great. Um, and, and um, no, so yeah, there was, there was no not compete. And again, you know, talking back about Skip, if I said, hey, Skip, I know I signed that non-compete, but, you know, this is really what I want to do and I'm passionate about the industry. It's just, it, Skip isn't like that. He'd be like, dude, whatever, man, I don't give a fuck, right? <laughs> like, he, he, I, just, I just know him, right? So, uh, Skip is actually a really good-hearted dude. Um, well, I mean, I, the, the whole idea of non-competes, everybody knows that they're, they're BS and, and whenever taken to court, they, uh, what judge right. is going to tell you that you can't feed your family with the only industry that you've ever known, the only right. business that you've ever known. So in my business, we, we deal with it a lot and I've never seen somebody win a case against a non-compete. So yeah, yeah. They, they don't hold up, but, um, all right. So, so hopefully end of January, they'll start shipping. People yeah. can get them and, uh, hoping, hoping to see more blends, from that point, correct? That's that's the idea. You're already working on other. Yeah. So you know, um, right. So what I want to do is you know is create you know a little more. You know, I, I don't want it can't be a flash in the pan you know one off type of company. You know I'm really looking to build this as a company. So I understand that you know real estate and and shelf space in a humidor um, is is important that footprint that you have in there will will attract people if i only have two or three you know facings in a in a wall of in a sea of cigars it'll it'll get lost right um but if i can get up to nine twelve facings 15 facings you know at some point in you know you know hopefully in the future whatever you know however it kind of develops um you know that gives you a real footprint in the humidor and, and allows people to kind of be attracted to the section that you're at, right? And, and that's really that's really the competition part. Uh, you know, there's a ton of really really good cigars out there. It's just how do you get someone to come and try yours, you know, the first time? But then, you know, at that point, it's the cigar that's going to make them come back the second time. And uh, that's really what I want to focus on. You know, I was I'm not a really good sales guy. I'm really really not. I'm I'm a better just like relationship building kind of person so that's kind of the idea is like i'm going to help my retailers you know sell this understand we'll, we'll do events we'll do virtual events for now however you know, however we got to do it and and make i i don't want to have to sell the product to them i want them to want to buy the product right if, if that makes any sense so um that's that's what we're working on and listen that, that's very tricky 
right? That's very, it's not, there's no exact science to that. And it doesn't work for every store. It doesn't work for every account. Um, but, you know, I feel my belief is that the accounts that I've become tight with or the people that I know in the industry um, and that I know that I can lean on, know that they can lean on me for support and whatever they need and, and that I'm not going to bullshit them with some bullshit story about the cigar or whatever. So I got two questions for you before we bring Coop on here. Um, one is, have you opened accounts already? Yeah, so um, immediately, immediately after I left, hey, if you're going to do it, you know, I was getting calls. It was, again, it was just super humbling. Wherever you're going next, we're buying. If it's you, if you're my rep, if you whatever, we're buying, whatever it is, you know my number. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, like, wow, you know, thank you so much. So that, that means a lot. Even if, even if you end up not doing it, but the fact that you call, reach out, send me a text or message or whatever, just to say that or take your time to say that, like, man, you know, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, literally this week, um, I, because I started getting messages like, Hey, I have, you know, when, when can we sign the paperwork? Like, what are we doing? So I'm like, okay. So I started uh, literally between yesterday and, and the day before today, Saturday. Yeah. So Thursday, Friday, I was sending, um, the, uh, uh, you know, like the account, um, application and order form and price sheet. And it's, I've gotten them back with orders. Um, so it's, it's worked out. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm frozen. Can you guys hear me? I'm yeah. Yeah. You froze. We heard you. Okay, so so that's really cool. Um, and then there's there was this group, this handful of stores that don't talk to each other, but they hey like hey we really want to help you succeed. You know what do you need from us? I'm like oh, patience, I guess. I mean there's not what am I going to do for you? And they're like hey here's my order. We you know we'd love to pay now to help you. I'm like I I really felt uneasy about that because like hey you know what if I don't know, the Dominican Republic sinks underwater and there's no cigars ever again. I, you know, I don't know. Um, but then kind of the pressure um, started building from them. Like, hey, we really want to help you support. So, you know, I, we, we've opened up those guys first. We haven't, we haven't taken anybody's money yet. But, you know, the fact that these guys are willing to do that already, it's, it's I mean, I keep using the word humbling because I don't really have a better word. But, I mean, that's really what it is for me. And, and yeah, that's uh, amazing. these guys wanting to help and, and watch me succeed is, is, is dope. So my second question is, will your company be following a, tradici a traditional model of you know, producing cigars and keeping inventory? Or will you be from the Roma Craft School of producing product based on orders? No, no, no. So, I mean, that's kind of the point of this echoey-ass warehouse. <laughs> uh, is is to you know have product in stock at all times. Nice. I mean, that's the other thing with with Ventura. Um, you know, with this new factory, they can they can get up to two million cigars, right? Um, so, in, in you know, in looking at who they who they produce for and things like that, you know, Henderson was, you know, I I told him you know kind of my goals for the first twelve months or for year one. And he's like, yeah, we, we won't have any any uh, we won't have any problem, uh, you know, keeping up with production for you. Um, and, you know, and because I was dealing with him directly and listen again, because of the stuff I learned from Laura, I know 
Although Henderson is a great guy. He's really fun, really, really cool dude. I know I still have to stay on top of him. Like, hey, don't forget, you know, me, we're doing this. Um, so, no. The, and, and listen, I'm also not an idiot. Like, I'm not going to go make a Connecticut broadleaf tomorrow, right? Because it's like, one, everybody has it, but it's super hard. And that's kind of like where the problem is, you know. So as long as there's, I'm making cigars that have tobacco that's readily available, you know, it's it. I, I'm not necessarily looking to do these one-off things that kind of disappear after. Um, do I love the limited edition uh, kind of market and, and all that stuff and, and the really cool like, collaborations and stuff like that for, for one-off projects? I love that stuff. But only if it's based on a company, you know, that has ongoing product and then every once in a while these one-offs. And, and, you know, not just like variations of like the voyage, right? It, like actual true different blends, one-offs, different packaging. Like that, that box for your, your um, soccer collaboration, I think that's dope. Right? That, it's, it's just very different. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, you just things like that. Guys eat that up and love to collect that stuff because it, you could maybe never see that again. Just to be able to say, hey, I have that. Um, Thank you. That was my life. I mean, I, that's the other thing. A lot of people don't realize where I came from. There's a, there's a Facebook page called Cigar Cartel. It's about 35,000 plus members or whatever. I don't know how many are actually active, but you know, whatever. Um, I was there when it was like under 4,000 members. Um, and I kind of built my like little name on there doing bombs and giving stuff away. And back when you could do raffles and stuff on Facebook, and you know, I, we would do all these things. And, and you know, that was kind of my origin in, into uh, thinking maybe I could sell cigars and, and it, it was really fun. So, um, you know, I love doing all the one-off stuff that's kind of here and then gone. If it's in tandem with a sustainable, um, company that will have product at all times. Right. So now obviously as the company grows and I can make more money then that number actually becomes, um, uh, easier to do, uh, you know, as I'm, as I'm smaller, will I maybe, get back orders on something or a certain size. Sure. I mean, it happens to everybody, but you know, the, the kind of the deal that I, I have with, with Ventura, it, it should completely work out, man. So I, I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. Well, exactly. listen, we wish yeah. you the best of luck. I, uh, I see a lot of, I, I see a lot of potential success there for you. So, um, uh, good luck on this uh, new journey of yours. Uh, it should be fun. Yeah. And I hope, uh, I wish you great success upon you. Um, I, Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it is. Just, just, you know, making sure we're building something every day and, and moving forward. And, and Good stuff. Well, uh, don't go anywhere, Danny. We're going to bring in our, uh, our contributor, the number one KMA contributor, our man, William Cooper, rumor free, teaser free. That's my man. Hey, good morning, everybody. Birthday, oh, Coop. Thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. Happy birthday, bro. Hey, Danny, good evening. Thank you very much. For, for your birthday, I'm going to buy you new Wi-Fi. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it, uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't fixed it. it well, we're, we're struggling. I just had an argument with my son about switching fighters about 10 minutes before I came on here. And he's fighting me, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> How old are you now? Wait, what, who? 53. Uh, God bless. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to, before Coop gets into the news, I want to bring up an interesting point because, you know, Paul Paul has a non-compete. So, of course, you know, he's whining. and ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, a good non-compete is designed 
not to keep people from earning or making a living. It's designed not to, to make use of any proprietary information or stuff that they benefited from their employer to go on to their next thing. And written well, it can be upheld because Coop made a comment during the thing about Sam Lucia. Oh, yeah. And he's, he'll be very open to tell you that kept him out of work for two years and really, really hurt him. Coop, if you can lower your volume a touch, I don't know if you have act control on that. You're a little, you're a little loud. But so, did did they take it to court? Though is the question, because some they, people are just afraid of it. They upheld it. In fact, Sam Lucia, for folks who may not remember, he was working. Uh, he had worked for Oliva Cigars for a long time, and he parted ways with Oliva and was going to start his own cigar company. He was going to go into the 2011. IPCPR trade show and exhibit, and they got an injunction against him, prevent him from actually uh, exhibiting at that trade show. So wow. yeah, th- th- this was enforced, and, and I think the thing was that settled a court wasn't two years later. Okay, I mean, listen, there are there are instances of it, but uh, if you write it difficult, if you write it non complete maliciously and unreasonably. It, it does not get held up usually, but there's a way. There's proper ways into which to write them. You know, you got if you want somebody to go out and not make money, you also have to compensate them. It's usually part of a non-compete. You know, there's a compensation thing of a non-compete. So there are ways to write it, but um, yeah, it, it happens. So uh, kudos to Danny that he didn't have one. Good on you. Yeah, you know the other thing about non-competes is you can redline them. Doesn't mean that you'll get you'll get your red lines, but. Take a shot and redline them. If you're not happy with something in it, read sure. and redline it. Um, I can tell you from personal experience, I, I, I've done that on certain I wish I would have talked to you six years ago, Coop. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not saying some companies are going to say, no way. But right, but it's negotiable like yeah. any other yeah. contract. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. People just think have to sign it, and that's not the case. Now, I'm amazed how many of these exist in the cigar industry being as small as it is, and I don't know if any of the, anyone's ever tried to redline it. I mean, or, or you just do like Danny and don't don't have one. Don't have one. No, well, I mean, let me. Here's the thing. I also, you know, like to think of myself as a trustworthy person. Anyway, I mean, I didn't take anything proprietary. And if anything, right. let's well, say I'm going to take, you know, Roma's accounts. Um, Roma's accounts are on their website, <laughs> right? So it's not like right, right. So Listen, those kind of things aren't for the ethical people. Right. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah we designed those for the ethical people. It's it's, yep. it's the other one. So, Coop, right. what is the scoop this week? Yeah, it, it was a light week, but there were some news items. Uh, the first thing is coming out of Lost and Found Cigars, and Lost and Found Cigars is a company owned by Robert Colwell, Tony Bellotto. and they what they do is they typically go into the factories. Is Tony Bellotto like the Mike Rosales of, of uh, Caldwell Cigars? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he's like Robert Jr. <laughs> That's what everybody in the industry calls him because they dress the same. I guess they dress the same. Yeah, they, yeah. I don't but, know. But, but the funny thing is, the Robert Caldwell, he was looking like he was on a Green Acres farm. <laughs> well, at least at least Robert lives in uh, in Florida. He lives down in Miami. Uh, Tony lives in Ohio. I don't know. How does he keep his shirt open all the way down to his belly button in Ohio? It's like 10 <laughs> degrees there. Right? I tell you. 
too, yeah. Should I ask this or can I, should I keep going to see how far it goes? Keep, keep going. going. Randy Bush will be proud. It's going to land on my keyboard. I just know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ahead, well, Austin found cigars. They buy up these cigars from the factories. They put some nice packaging on them, and they resell them. They've been doing this for a few years, but this year they've been focusing on charitable releases, and they've been releasing these cigars, donating proceeds to various charities. They've come out with one for the Christmas season called the Lost and Found Chance. And this one is the support toys for tops. Um, so uh, they're saying that for every uh, ten pack you buy, it will uh, go towards a purchase of a new toy, child in need. Um, the cigar itself is a five by fifty Busto with a Nicaragua Habano binder, Sumatra, excuse me, Nicaragua Habano wrapper, Sumatra binder, and Nicaraguan fillers as well as Dominican fillers. So um, those should start hitting the stores very very soon. Nice. Yeah. You know, I kind of like that about Robert's program, right? Because you know, there are guys, there are a lot of guys in the industry who do that. Will buy stuff and 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 rename it and make it. Robert's just out now. This is what we do. We find cigars lying around. We repackage it. We rebrand it, and it's lost and found. I I, I just always thought that was awesome. He's just so open and upfront about it. You know, he wasn't the first to do it, but he was the first to build a brand around it, and. A lot of people now started doing that after he did it. And if you look at a lot of companies, some of their event cigars and things like that, you, you can kind of see that that's what they're doing with, with that as well. But Robert kind of made it cool to do that about six years ago. Yep, he did. What else you got, Coop? Um, no surprise here. Uh, Pro Cigar 2021 is canceled due to COVID. So uh, they've canceled it for February. It's they haven't said if they're going to reschedule it or not. That's something to be determined, I guess. But um, with that, it's going to cancel all the February cigar festivals, um, which is Pro Cigar in Nicaragua. Last week we talked about the Habanos Festival in Cuba canceled, and now Pro Cigar in the Dominican Republic has been canceled. You know what February of uh, cigar festival hasn't got canceled? Great Smoke. The Great Smoke. That's right. right. Yeah. Paul, look at you. You get a point for being out. I, yeah, he was ready to go. He nice was ready to go. <laughs> you weren't even prepped for that. I almost I almost played the commercial. I was like, oh, crap, wait, hold on. Pick no, nicely done, <laughs> Paul. Nicely done. Yeah, we talked to Mike Herc last Thursday night on the show. And he seems pumped to do this, let me tell you. So, I'm going to tell you. It, you're, that interview was awesome. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I have it saved for later. But really, really Really good interview with Michael. Thank I mean, you. Michael's a great interview to start with, but you asked him some cool questions that I, I don't think uh, I would have thought of as the producer here because, you know, you're better than me, as we all know. No, Absolutely. <laughs> but it, it was really, we, it was a cool we held off interview Michael. Yeah, we held off on interviewing Michael until he was out of Nat Sherman for a reason because we think at, the, at that point he could probably be the most candid. And it was definitely, you know, he didn't throw anyone under the bus or anything, but he could be the most candid once he was – done is what we felt so that's why well, we kind of held off on on an interview with him when i was, try to get you to throw somebody under the bus though they will try I promise. <laughs> <laughs> when i was thinking of people to co-host i mean because look this is an eight hour broadcast no commercial right. break you know there's 50 live 50 60 live people in a room and it's no way this can be done just by myself so when i was thinking about who i could get to co-host honestly michael was my first choice and um when he when he said he'd do it and he got all excited about it, I was honored and I was elated. I think he's gonna 
enhance the whole great smoke experience. He brings another level of legitimacy. And um, there'll be a press release next week, maybe press release, maybe just announcement. We'll make sure we get it to you first, Coop. <laughs> but um, we're going to announce two more co-hosts next next week. Nice. Oh, wow. So you and I should definitely talk, too, because we were talking about this. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely talk on it. That's awesome to hear. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we try to bring That's, all aspects of this industry all all involved in this as much as we can. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's great. That's great. So we'll, what we'll else is going on? Um, another release that's come out, uh, Warp Cigars, has has a line called Astro Tiempo. It, it's a uh, line that comes out of uh, the Topsa factory in Nicaragua. But there's a limited release they've had in there. It's called the Six One Zero Two R, the Sixty One Two R. Excuse me, the Six One Zero Two R. Um, and the difference with that release is it's got the uh, Medio Tiempo, which is the very high-priming tobacco. They haven't released that one in four years. This week they announced they're shipping that to retailers. So it's the first time, and that's one of the more sought-after Warp cigars over the years because they they only released it once at Medio Tiempo. So that should be do you feel that, this month. Do you feel that it's still even a relevant brand in the industry? I think they're still following. I think they still have a following. Anybody can have a cult little group following. Right. But does he really have any relevancy anymore? Uh, I would say he does from the traffic that I see on Cigar Coop with. Okay. That articles get read that, you know, that that there, there people do care. You know, he's got this drop program, which is a direct-to-consumer program. And he's got a lot of members in that too. So I think I think he does have some relevance. Has he lost a little steam from where he was two or three years ago? No, I think he's lost a little bit of that over the past few years, uh, for sure. Anything else you got going on, Coop? Yeah, this story is an interesting one. This one, uh, this one comes from our folks at Halfville. <laughs> um, Meat Lovers Club uh, box press edition coming out. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is an hour. I started this at the top of the hour. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to, you know, I know I'm. I busted day. Abe about this one. <laughs> yes. Hey. I read about it on Halfway. I'm like. <laughs> but, oh, but. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No. Hold on, wait. We didn't make a press release. All they did was take all of Saka's <laughs> posts and they made, they made a story on it. <laughs> I, I, I was. And actually, in fair, Saka did it. Mentioned the cigar on the show, so I didn't. It was calm. Um but yeah, it was fine. I go, hey, yeah, what's this? He's like, I put these question marks. He's like, what are these question marks? I'm like, I'm asking you. Where did this picture come from? Did I miss something? <laughs> yeah, my my ash is getting Peroni's disease though. Yeah, uh, I, I, actually, I'm really cool. excited about that cigar. I'm really excited about that cigar. It's Let uh, me tell you yeah. I mean, I I can't lie. I haven't had a, a, a one of the original sizes in a while now i'm loving this cigar yeah this is I, uh, yeah. this is producing so much smoke every puff and the flavor and the shape and the feel of it in my mouth i'm i'm, I'm actually enjoying this better than the original this is this is going to wow. be i think it's going to be epically received by people nice yeah i mean i could tell you that the guy I do the music show with, Dave Burke, he lives in Australia. Um, I sent him a couple. When you put them back on sale, the last time I bought him a bundle to ship them to Australia, he was in love with that. We were both in love with the cigars. It's a fantastic blend. It, they, the great, Steve did a great job on that blend. Well, when we when we were sitting here with Evan Darnell, 
and we were because tr- we, we knew we wanted to do a new Vitola this year. Yeah, and he had brought a bunch of them in, and I, I think I, I still got a couple of the prototypes in the case behind me. But when we tried the box press one, not only do we like the look and the feel how it was going to be, and that's why I came up with the, the, you know making our own packaging for the for the meat. Yeah, box. I like that. Yeah, for the meat box press cigar. But um, I actually think it smoked differently than the round ones. I don't know if you were in the room when we did the tasting, Alex, or not. No, I wasn't. For this one, you think you were in West Palm still back then? But um, I, I think it, we all, all of us agreed. I mean, Evan and, and a couple guys who work here, myself, that it actually tasted better than the other ones. That's yeah. why we went with the size. Nice. Yeah, you know, box pressing will change things. I mean, if you, a great example of some of the Espinoza lines that they've come box pressed and not box pressed. You see some of the differences with it, and uh, it will definitely it's, it it will definitely make a difference. So, um, for sure. And Steve hasn't done a lot of box press outside of Syncom for me. He, I think, sure. done a couple, maybe one offs, but that's that's he hasn't done a lot of box pressing with his lines. Anything else you got going on this week, Coop? Uh, we're doing the Cigar of the Year countdown that started, so that will continue uh, throughout the week, uh, throughout the month of December. So stay tuned uh, for the uh, unveiling each day. When does that start? Is this week? Sorry, yesterday. Yesterday. It started yesterday. La Aurora 107 uh, with the cigar I a lot of people did not pay attention to this year. It was really a cigar. Interesting. Well, Coop. Uh, we'll look forward to keeping an eye on that list, see how it goes. Yep. Um, I have my weekly sports question for Coop. Shoot. Oh, there yeah. we go. All right, Coop. So I'm going to leave alone after last week's debacle. We have a, a real big-time fight tonight. Errol Spence right. versus Danny Garcia. Long Island boy versus Philly boy. Who you got? I got Errol Spence. Yeah, I do too. I, I do, do too. too. I, I think it's great. To be I mean, this is going to be a great and- fight. It's going to be a good fight. I'm supposed yeah. to be biased to Danny. He's a Philly boy. Danny, I'm a Danny. I'm, yeah, you know me too. Same thing. I, I like Danny, but Danny's just one of those fighters that he doesn't do anything great, but he does everything good. I think Spence is just going to overwhelm him, and he's going to be too much for Danny. We'll see. Probably a unanimous yeah. decision. So yeah, we're in agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, – a quick question back to you. What was your assessment on the Tyson fight? Uh, it he's was, a Debbie Downer. He's a Debbie Downer. It was he as is. bad but it, but as wait, I the official results it, it ended in a draw. Is there that was what no happened? official result. These there was no official result. Really, probably preconceived result was that it was a draw. So you know the production you know, was awful. The, pro- the, TV the production, production was, was awful. It really was. I mean, it didn't yeah. even look like a real like you know fight. Do you think the production was awful, or do you just think it just looked unnatural because there was no crowd? No, not just that, because they've had a lot of fights on, you know, none of the fights have, have had yeah. crowds, but they've done a good job. Just the way the camera angles, it wasn't shot like a regular fight. And, um, you know, let, let's be honest, the bigger story that came out of that was uh, poor Nate Robinson getting clobbered to death almost. Dick to the NBA, buddy. Ooh. Yeah, you don't play boxing, they say. I, yeah, that was, I mean, that was just, that was more embarrassing having an undercard like that, though. That kind of made this more because I could allow this legitimate undercard and that, that as the fight before the Tyson fight. Right, right. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. see. I don't want you know. I saw Tyson come back once. I, I don't know if I want to see it again. I don't want to see him fight Holyfield. No, I don't no. want to see that. It, I, it was one. I had to see Tyson one more time, which is what I wanted to do. 
You know what I um, what that, I want from what I want from Tyson is that and we talk about this with me and my friends and other podcasts like hey would you step in the in the ring for, with Tyson right so I would love to see a show of all these fucking guys that get drunk at a bar and say yeah I'd fucking get in a bar in a ring with Tyson and then Tyson just gets all the TV money and then you know these guys sign a waiver and the show will pay for whatever hospital things for the guy <laughs> and the guy gets to step in and fight 50 year old Tyson right which listen yeah it was a terrible fight but mike tyson would whoop my ass and most of us how about if you could finish how about if you could finish a round they give you ten thousand dollars exactly no 100 exactly every round goes up round two i don't think anybody's three. making it past the round unless exactly, they're yeah. round, round right. three is ten million dollars yeah. because guess what you're not you're not getting it right so it's like and then dude that'd be a dope that'd be an awesome show yeah, to Tyson's credit, I mean, you know, he looked pretty good for his age. Rick Jones Let me tell you something. He threw some punches. I'm telling you, man, had those connected. I mean, Roy Jones Jr. is lucky he still had a little speed on him because I saw some really hard throws by him. Like, it, it didn't look like Mike was holding back. Yeah, no, no. He, I mean, he looked okay for him. But, you know, I still think if, you know, even if you threw Mike in the ring against a guy like Shannon Briggs right now, who's 48, um, he's close to age, Shannon Briggs would, would – Utterly, would, I agree. Um, you, you, but no, he looked he looked much better than Roy Jones did, who was just there kind of to hold on for eight rounds and not get killed. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because it's because Roy Jones saw those same videos of Tyson working out that we all saw, right. and he's like, he's like, man, I just gotta like, I gotta just stay alive because this guy. Roy, yeah, oh. Roy. Yeah, Roy didn't look as tight as Mike. Not even close. He looked, no. He's had a rough life. Yeah. And, and and Tyson got super fat, right? And then just yeah, took the last year counts. or whatever, and he is shredded. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think he was just like, "Hey, I'm here. I'll pay a million back if you know Mike kind of takes it easy." Because <laughs> yeah, I thought this was a charity thing. Relax, man. Like, yeah, they, they, looking at that interview afterwards, like they're asking Roy, "Would you do this again?" And Roy's like, basically wants to say no. You know, he's like, "I'm done." <laughs> and then they ask Tyson, "Are you satisfied with it?" Yeah, I'm satisfied with the draw. I'm like, really? <laughs> All right. Yeah, of course he's satisfied. He made ten million. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I haven't had a chance to proof this, but let's see uh, who belongs in cigar insane asylum. No. This week's inductee really learned that crime doesn't pay. A passenger of a stolen car tried to make a clean getaway in Sussex. After the police ensued and stopped the car, he ended up neck deep in even more trouble. After successfully fleeing the car, the man raced into a field hoping to evade the police. Unfortunately, he ended up neck deep in something else. The man got stuck in a slurry of mud and cow poo up to his neck. Police had to rescue the man before cuffing him, completely covered in cow manure. How do you get stuck in cow manure up to your neck? That's a good question. Yeah, he definitely didn't come out smelling like roses. Congratulations, Mr. Carpoo Man. You are this week's inductee. The cigar and same sound. Great story, Paul. Here, Paul was ready with her. <laughs> oh, yeah, there wasn't much going on this week. Great oh, story. Listen, people are staying in their houses. COVID numbers are higher than ever. Nobody's going out and doing stupid shit. I don't know why. It's there's there's no stories, and I like to pick new stories at least from the last month. There's nothing going on that's not COVID related. That's not you know uh, politically motivated. You know the big stories out there are when when. Uh, Trump this week, I don't know if you saw the clip, stopped a reporter, and he said, don't talk to me like that. 
Don't you ever talk to the president. I'm the president of the United States. Don't you ever talk to a president of the United States like that. That was the big, that was the big news out there. Yeah, so I, that there was, was great either. It was light news. Before we go, I did promise I'd make a shameless, shameless plug. If any of our listeners are in the South Florida area, we will be showing the fight live tonight at Smokin' Boynton Beach. Uh, we'll have the giant jumbo screen outside. It's Is it just here, Alex? Yeah, it's just here at Boynton okay. Beach. We kind of like the, the jumbo screen outside. is really nice. And as always, at Smokin', there's no cover for the fight. Yeah. It's like, what, 30 feet? Yes. I mean, it's big, Dude. man. And, and it's nice. Even if you're not really a fight fan, just the whole thing to be outside and watching on the jumbo screen, man. Yep. It's really nice. It's a good time. And it's going to be nice out tonight, too. So yes. it'll be a perfect night. Well, for Danny, That's thank awesome. you for coming on. We appreciate it. Best of luck. We'll, uh, we'll follow up with you in the near future and see how things are rolling. For sure. yeah, my man, exactly. have a great birthday, buddy. We love Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Yep. Thanks as always for your contribution. Happy birthday, cool. Next week, we have Nick Malillo of Foundation Cigars. Should be an interesting interview. Also, don't forget, December 9th, noon, Eastern Standard Time, these go live. Totally worth it. Look at that. It still won't fall. That. Making Randy that's a, a soccer thing, man. His, his cigars always do that. I, I, I never <laughs> do this because then it becomes about keeping the ash instead of enjoying More the cigar. More than the cigar, absolutely. It becomes I, a I job. never, never do this, but I got started and then I got Randy Bushized. I got ash king eyes, and I'm, I'm now I'm trying to see how long I can get this thing going. And um, after next week will be our last show of 2020. Thank God. 2020 will be over. <laughs> and we got something extraordinarily planned. I don't think it's ever been done before. I'll check with Coop later. But our last show of the year is going to be a very, very unique show in typical Honest Ape style. We're going to do something I don't think it's ever been done in the cigar industry before. So and That'll be on the 19th, correct? That'll be on the 19th. Everybody yeah, else, it's terrifying. Weekend. Have a great weekend. And uh, keep it lit. Peace. <laughs>